All right, everyone. Welcome back to the 49th Meal. We are here with Emerald from Omivore, the food truck. We met on Facebook, and she told me about her truck. I got really interested in it and decided we need to meet up and learn a little bit more about it. So I will let her introduce herself and her truck. Hi, guys. My name is Emerald Craker, and I own Omnivore, and um, I also started the group Matsu Food Truck Finder. Um, I've only been open for about two months, and uh, my truck offers clean eating options. We steer clear of dairy, all grains, peanuts, soy, and refined sugar. And what made you go down that category? Because I know being a chef, it seems like, especially some dairy sugars, that you're kind of, it, it limits your, your options a little bit or makes you more creative, one or the other. But um, kind of what, what made you go down that clean eating? So I, um, I have a food service background. I've been working in kitchens and pizza restaurants basically most <laughs> of my life. Um, and when I was um, in my early 20s, I went through a lot of health issues and um, had to clean up my diet and, and just really steer clear of all those processed foods. Um, and I realized how hard it was like living the busy life that I lead um, and having food options that were good for me quickly available. So after I started cleaning up my diet, I just felt so much better and I wanted to make it easy for other people that were in the same situation instead of always being stuck having to cook at home or put your health at risk again. Um, so it was, a, it was a really long process. I, um, I originally wanted to have a restaurant and it was just out of reach and I uh, ended up buying the food truck kind of on a whim. I looked at it online and three days later signed the contract to purchase it. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. If that doesn't describe probably how <laughs> half the chefs I know that are in business now, <laughs> that, that about describes most of them is, I, I drove by, I seen this building was for rent, or I seen this food truck was for rent, and I don't know what happened. I signed, signed a contract, I had some keys and called it. <laughs> Pretty much exactly what happened, yeah. Um, I was managing Bella Vista in Peters Creek at the time, and I was just dis dissatisfied with how things were going and started, you know, like angrily Googling stuff when I got home. And um, and then I went and looked at the truck, and, like, I kind of had that feeling, like, I'm not sure what I'm getting myself into, but we're just going to do it. Screw it. <laughs> and uh, the guy that I bought it from was supposed to build out the kitchen and everything for me, and he told me it'd be ready in six weeks, and it ended up, taking him four months to give me basically an empty box truck. Um, so that was um, a really interesting experience. And then uh, my uncle and I ended up putting the rest of the inside of the truck together um, in January and February. And then uh, I kind of halted my opening because I had originally intended on opening in November. Um, and because of all of the wait to get it open, couldn't do that, dragged it out, dragged it out. The COVID situation began, and I was like, well, maybe I should hold off a little, see how this goes. And then the one job that I had still held on to through building the truck ended up shutting down, and I was like, well, I have it in my means <laughs> to do this. Might as well go for it. It's now or never, yeah. right? <laughs> so I officially opened on March 29th, and it was very slow going at, at first. People weren't even sure if they were allowed to leave their house. Um, but my business has more than doubled in the last couple of weeks, so... It's going pretty well. Nice. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Yeah, I know um, this whole COVID thing is just shooking everybody from well-established players to the new little guys, such as yourself, starting out. And what what has been some of the challenges 
obviously besides the time delay <laughs> and the build out delays, but just um, starting a new business during COVID, I'm sure that presented some unique challenges. Um, it really did. I had to start with no contact service and just trying to teach customers the process of that because it was new for everybody. It was new for me, it was new for them. <laughs> Nobody knew what was going on. Um, it was very, uh, very difficult to get going, especially coming from already established businesses where people just know how things work. Um, that whole process I did not really enjoy, but it seems like people are kind of getting it now. And honestly, I think that's something every business in town was dealing with yeah. while all this was going on. Um, as far as food trucks in Alaska go, the process is so confusing. Like somebody will tell you one thing, somebody will tell you another thing. The paperwork is laid out for brick and mortar shops. There's nothing that's really telling you what to do, what to fill out. And okay. if you read through all the paperwork, it's just so confusing. I, I sat on it and sat on it, and I was just like, I don't know what to do with this. I went down to the office, and she was like, you don't need half of this. Just fill out what, what <laughs> seems like you should have to do it. I was like, okay, well, if I hadn't talked to her, I would never have known that. Um, and then my permits all got approved within five days, and I was good to go. But nice. you know, I fretted about it for weeks before that. <laughs> Now, do you see Alaska as friendly, more friendly to the idea of food trucks, or is it still, you were talking about the paperwork, is it still pretty burdensome to open? Because I know, like, coming from Texas, it was city by city, like uh, Austin, Texas. You said you're opening a food truck. They rolled out the red carpet for you. <laughs> they had somebody help hold your hand while you signed all the paperwork. And then the town I came from, San Angelo, you said you won't open a food truck. They were sending the Calvary out after you and trying to do everything they can to make it impossible. So what just opening, I, I imagine you'd have a pretty good sense. Uh, was it an easy process in general? Or did it seem like they were you were facing a lot of hurdle, unnecessary hurdles to protect brick and mortar? Once I found the right people to talk to, it wasn't super difficult. Okay. But you have to talk to the people because it's not written out anywhere. Um, there's still some stuff that's a little annoying, like uh, within Wasilla city limits and Palmer city limits, you have to have every location that you're planning to park signed off on by the city planning department. So they're pretty quick about it, but it's just like one extra step. You know, your friend can't be like, come park at my business, and you're there the next day. Yeah. You have to get it approved. And then once it's approved, you're good to go. But that just, it slows things down a little bit. Um, the lady that works in the city, plan, uh, city planning office, she's like super pro food truck and she wants to help you, but she still has to go through the There's still so. red tape. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Rules have to be followed. Um, now, what is, what's been the reception from the community? Especially, I know... Most food trucks I see, I won't say most, a lot of food trucks I see up here are fish and chips. They're kind of geared toward the tourist stuff. So the clean eating style, it's, you don't see a lot of it up here, especially the food trucks. So what's been the response from our, the local communities on it? So in the beginning, it was extremely slow, but I, I feel like I can't gauge it quite appropriately because of the climate of the whole town. That, that, that makes point. a lot of sense. Um, but since I've actually been, like, connecting with my target market a little bit more, it's been really well received. I had a lady, she ate from my truck one time, and then she contacted me to party, or to cater a party of 20 
this weekend. So I'm like, nice. Oh. <laughs> like, that's so cool. Um, and I've gotten a lot of repeat customers. I haven't really had any negative feedback except, you know, certain people who just don't get it. And they're like, well, why don't you have bread? Why don't you have soda? Well, well, because every other truck has stuff like that. But like, that's not what I'm trying to do here. Um, so for the most part, it's been really good. And has it been a lot of educating customers on the style of food? whole lot I do have a sign that kind of explains it and and most people almost don't question it like I've only had a few people look at the menu and be like mm, I'm okay and I think it's just because they're looking for that more traditional food truck there you know, but. which makes sense because I mean myself most of the time if I go to a food truck I want something like if I don't feel my arteries clogging <laughs> when I'm done with it I kind of question if I really even ate something and, and it's it's been pretty cool from a chef's side, and you've been in the service industry, to see the evolution of the food truck business. Five, even, I would say even five years ago, you would never see a clean eating food truck open up and make it more than a day. <laughs> it, it was always kind of like the shady guy with like fryers that haven't been changed out since the Great War. And, and, and carnies, that's what I used to think of with food trucks. So, Myself, I think it's really cool to see the evolution and you taking it to the next level, especially here in Alaska. Um, I know there is some like seasonal places, they'll bring everything in with them when they come up, but how hard is getting your ingredients and getting different stuff up here compared to, say you were opening in Seattle or Portland, where you could just have everything in abundance? Honestly, it hasn't been too bad. Um, I, I actually was laughing this morning because I was at Fred Meyer before I came to the interview here. And um, last week I had pea salad on my menu and people were literally messaging me saying they wanted to buy a gallon <laughs> of it. I was like, how weird, like pea salad is not like the thing that you go to eat, you know, but everybody loved it. And it made me happy because it's my grandma's recipe. But I went to Fred Meyer to go get more ingredients to make it this week and all of it was gone. The cheese, or the, uh, I use a special dairy-free cheese, um, completely sold out. The pickles that I use, completely sold out. I'm just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, good job, Wasala. <laughs> you sold out the entire town of pizza. <laughs> I know this. Uh, so uh, I work at Fred Meyers and Palmer, and even now we still have runs on stuff. It ain't as bad as when it started, but... And it's the most random stuff. Like, there'll just be a run on it. And it's like, what are you doing with 500 cans of bamboo shoots? Like, it, it just does not make sense on some of this stuff. So, with summer coming around, what what's kind of your plan going forward uh, with engaging for... Or is your target market going to be the locals? Or I know a lot of Alaska is reeling right now because of losing a lot of our tourist season. We're used to how many cruise ships a day landing somewhere in Alaska. Now we're to, hi, wave as you go by, take a picture, stay over there. <laughs> so um, I really just want to focus on the local market. Like the tourist business is nice, but it's not consistent. And, you know, you never know when something like this could happen again and my business is gone. Um, but also because there's such a limited range of options for people who are trying to eat on the healthier side, um, I feel like once I'm well-known, I will have a good community of people. Just this morning, I had a CrossFit gym ask me to come park. Like, that's exactly the kind of people that I want. Um, 
so I'm um, just focusing on like making connections in that way and, and trying to build the food truck community as a whole um, with the food truck finder group like I don't just sit in there and post about my food truck all day long and same with the other admins I have um, Matt who owns birdhouse sandwiches and Valerie who owns the Alaska lemon earthquake shakeup and um, Ashley who owns one of the waffles and whatnot trucks Okay, um, we're, we're familiar with Waffles Whatnot. They, yes, uh, they've been on the show. So um, we're the four admins in there, and um, like we're just all constantly posting about other people's trucks too. Like maybe there's a little small one who's busy and just doesn't have an understanding or the time to do social media. Like we're happy to hype them up and help get them customers too because the more people are comfortable with eating at food trucks, the more it helps all of us. You know, it's not like you like stay away from the food <laughs> truck it's like exciting and that group has been so so amazing it's only about two weeks old now and we have almost four thousand people in it nice congratulations <laughs> on that i know uh i know how hard sometimes it can be to build a facebook group trying to run a podcast and some other adventures i've done <laughs> sometimes you just feel like you're just beating your head against the wall and what has been what is the sense you were talking about a little bit Sorry, kind of stumbling over my words, but um, a big thing we talk about here on the show a lot is that sense of community, and you were talking about it where the other food trucks want to help out the little person that's busy and might not understand. What is that sense of community and bonding between food trucks compared to competitiveness? Because like a lot of brick-and-mortar places I've worked for, if we even see a chef from another restaurant we know come in, we're like, what, what you doing, fool? What, what, what you over here for? You want to steal our recipe? Like, it just seems very cutthroat more in the brick and mortar compared to the food truck. So what is your sense of the community, and how do you think that affects the overall experience as an owner and a customer? I kind of a hard question. So <laughs> I, I definitely know what you're talking about um, with the brick and mortar. I mean – I work for a lot of different restaurants, and I love the staff from each of them, but I do, I, you totally are like, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> questioning every movement when they're in the, in the wrong place. Um, but with food trucks, like, I don't know, uh, Monday when I was open, I think I had three different food truck owners stop by just to check stuff out and say hi, and, you know, like, I'm going to go visit two food trucks tonight. And it's just, like, we all support each other, and we're all excited when somebody does well. Um, there was one food truck in the group, um, the Wandering Cafe. Somebody posted that they were interested in sandwiches that were, um, instead of bread, they had pickles on the outside. Ooh. And um, and she took that idea and ran with it, and she sold out within two hours. Like, that just made me so happy for her. And, and everybody else was happy for her, too, because this community that we created is helping her succeed. And there, there's no better feeling than that. You know, it's not just about my business is going to do well because of this. And it has done well because of this. My my business page followers have more than doubled in the last two weeks. Nice. And, and do you see, is it a lot of people following one page and then connecting with the other food I, trucks off of it? I think so. Because I went through all of the the business pages and kind of compared numbers and only the ones that have been around for a long time like castles creations or waffles and whatnot have more followers than the group itself um all of us are kind of sitting somewhere around between 500 and a thousand which is not bad take. numbers at all <laughs> really no i mean for being open for two months i'm ecstatic <laughs> with my numbers 
but um, but the group itself is way more than any of the rest of us have. So it's a really nice platform to reach directly to the people who want to go come eat at a food truck. What has been the obviously coming from the restaurant side? Um, when I first started wanting to be a chef, it took me a long time to find a mentor, like so a chef that was willing to sit down, kind of give me the secrets of the trade, their little tips and tricks. Being a new, since you do have the background industry, but being a new business, I'm sure there's been a hundred questions you've had that you've never experienced. What has been the mentorship like of other food truck owners? So um, Matt, that owns Birdhouse Sandwiches, I actually connected him with him a long time before I ever started the Facebook group. And um, I, I just tried to chat with a few different food truck owners and ask questions because I, I honestly knew nothing about food trucks. I don't think I'd ever even eaten at one before I opened mine. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I was asking him all these questions, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally happy to help. Um, even the guy who sold me my food truck, he was really happy to answer questions. I really didn't have the best overall experience with him but he still gave me this feeling of like I want to help you succeed even though I feel like I succeeded <laughs> in spite of him um, hey you know especially being in the service industry sometimes that's the best motivator for us because we're, we're not exactly known to be uh, smiles and handshakes sometimes we're more of a flip the bird and watch this <laughs> done that a few times myself <laughs> but um but yeah people people have just been really receptive and um and happy to help each other and, it, and that is really cool because I don't know I, I don't think that I would be as successful as I have been to this point without the help of other business owners and not even just food truck owners honestly I, I'm still working for Settlers Bay part-time and the owner there is like you ever want to park in my lot you're welcome to he orders food from me. He like helps okay. me helps me with ideas and stuff. And the head chef there does as well. Um, and even my former boss that I got mad at when I bought the truck, like <laughs> he's still super supportive. Just don't want to work for him. <laughs> no, it's funny because I've had that um, when I started my own catering business for hunting ranches. It was kind of that same scenario. Like me and the place I was working at, the owner, we just we couldn't agree if the sky was blue, white, green. And we just, it, it boiled over, and I was actually in my chef jacket, and I'm like, screw you, I'm leaving, I'm done this time. And I pulled into the gas station, and there was a guy that happened to own a hunting ranch, seen me in a chef jacket, and was like, hey, are you a chef? I'm like, no, I'm wearing this jacket for its aesthetic appeal. <laughs> but um, long story short, I never even thought about catering, opening my own catering business. And he's like, hey, if you're... You got free time. I got a ranch that needs a chef at. I'm like, well, guess what? This is what I'm doing now. And then when the desk settled, the owner that I walked out on, like me and him still talk to this day, and we're all on good terms as long as we don't work together. Like he was really supportive of everything. It's funny, the service industry, how, how tough we really are, but at the same time, how vulnerable and soft we are to each other like we don't take things too give us a week and it's no longer personal yep i i <laughs> definitely experienced that well, the boss that i say i was mad at you know i that was the first restaurant that i ever really worked in um i worked in a um, a bible camps kitchen before that that was my first kitchen experience but um 
Bella Vista in Peters Creek. Um, that was my first real restaurant job. And that place, like, that was my world. For five years, I worked there, and the owner was, like, my second dad, and his son was, like, a brother to me. Um, when my own dad passed away, you know, they, like, they just took care of my family. They're amazing people. And when I left, I went to work for one of their friends out here in Wasilla, um, and then I left that restaurant to go back there and help manage, and it just, it's never the same when you go home, you know? And yep. It, it really is that first restaurant, too, is... Even if you leave hating that place, there's still always that little soft spot in your yep. heart yep. that you're like, I hate you, but give me a hug. Exactly, yeah. Well, and, and the owner's son texts me every now and then just to check up and see how things are going, and he told me he's going to come out and check out the truck here pretty soon. And he was so supportive of me wanting to do this. It's just how many times in the service industry have you said, I like you as a person, but I cannot work with you? Like, so many times I've had to say that about well, people. Well, considering we're in a cafe, I would have to, like, start taking my socks off to count. <laughs> How many times that happened? It might get a little awkward. Yeah. Like, you can still love somebody, but you just realize, like, your time working together is done, and that's... And that's something I think a lot of us have developed in the service industry, is it becomes a second nature, because in general, we work in pretty toxic environments. <laughs> Um, working with the public can have its own challenges. So I think that's something we kind of just develop is that sixth sense of knowing when it's time to part ways mm -hmm. without it getting like just full-on war. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd rather preserve the relationship than continue to sit around and hate your guts. <laughs> <laughs> so, now back to the food truck. So you, you get your permits, you get everything ready, you, you park your trailer – Walk us through that first time lighting the the, the stove. Like, oh what's the mindset? What's going through your head? So, uh, I'm actually going to start this whole thing the day before I opened. So, a friend of mine is an electrical apprentice, and he was like, well, don't worry about the wiring in the truck. I will line somebody up to come and help you because I know money's tight with trying to get everything going. He's like, I got it. You don't worry about it. We got into this fight the day or two days before I opened, 48 hours, and he was or he came by, took all his tools and left, and there was no wiring in my truck. I was like, okay, all right. Uh, Nuclear alarm, panic <laughs> mode going yep. off. I imagine. So I spend the whole day just calling all these different electricians, like. I need a payment plan, and I need emergency help. <laughs> like, what can you do for me? And um, this guy, like, I didn't, even, I, I didn't know him. He didn't owe me any favors. And he was like, I'll send my son over in the morning. Just take a deep breath. We got you. No problem. And his son showed up the next day and stayed there until almost 10 o'clock at night, making sure everything was good to go, wired up, ready. And like, I wouldn't be in business without that company. I'm so thrilled to have found them. Then the next morning, um, I was trying to get everything loaded up in there, and I realized that I never finished hooking up the hot water heater. So <laughs> it just tells you, like, it was a madhouse. So, um, so my friend, who I bought my generator from, stops by just to help me get everything loaded up and see how things are going first, first thing in the morning. I was like, can you just finish that so I can, like, finish with the food stuff? I want to make sure everything's in the right place. He's in there laying on the floor, and he's like, I actually don't know how to do this, so I'm going to call a friend. So now I have two people in there working <laughs> on it. And the friend that showed up decided he didn't like my 
my piping setup in general. So he starts taking all this stuff apart and was like, dude, you realize that I open in two hours. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so they had all of my pipes torn apart. They were like cutting wood chunks out of the thing that holds my sinks. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> um, so I opened at 11 o'clock that day. And, uh, and they were still laying on the ground in my truck while I was trying to serve food, <laughs> trying to finish what they started. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then at some point, um, the generator bumped into my gray water tank and burnt a hole in it. Oh, <laughs> so, no. so, um, and then we stopped at the, um, the water station downtown here to fill up all my water tanks and stuff. And um, the, I wasn't expecting the level of water pressure that is contained in there. Um, the hose went flying out of the tank when I turned the water on and just completely flooded the entire truck. And then, You were just, like, getting all of it out at, like, oh, one day, right? My, my first day was a hot mess. <laughs> and was, how big of a bottle of wine did you have at the end of this day? Like, I'm making one of those Costco uh, industrial I, size. I blacked out at some point. It was so bad. <laughs> um, it was a very stressful day. Honestly, like, the first few days were really bad. Um, and then it was so slow during that time. Um, I, I think I had 10 customers my first day, but I didn't advertise that I was going to be there or anything because I didn't want to get rushed and do a bad job. So I was happy with how it turned out, all in all, even aside from all of the <laughs> nonsense that went on. But it was uh, it was quite an experience. <laughs> and so when when you have all of this, especially opening, all of this going on, what what is it that keeps you motivated? Because I'm sure there was, you, you would have been just as happy dropping a match and walking away at that point. You know, it's so, funny you say that because I actually just told my best friend the other day, I was like, you want to buy a food truck? <laughs> I'm kind of over it. I was just joking, of course. I really do enjoy it. But um, honestly, the motivation is just that I want to work for myself. Um, my dad and, and my mom um, – ran multiple small businesses. My grandparents on both sides have run construction companies. Our whole family is very small business oriented. And um, this is actually my second time running my own business. Um, and this is more along the lines of what I wanted to do. I feel like this is some kind of like weird fusion of every dream that I had as a little <laughs> kid coming into one thing. Um, and it's not perfect, obviously. Like my first day was horrible. I broke a finger the other day fixing the fixing my fridge I woke up one morning with an eye swollen shut and it looked like Popeye I'm just like and, and no, when you don't worry folks it's not COVID-19 it's <laughs> pollen 2020 <laughs> definitely um, but when you're when you're the only person working in there you know something major goes awry and you just don't open for the day so that's kind of disheartening but I feel like I'm getting more consistent as time goes on so um, just being able to be in charge of my own life in such a major way is really rewarding. And now for the people that are sitting at home in their car listening to this, going to a job they, they just can't stand and they know they want to break out on their own eventually. What practical advice, I mean, since you're so new, it's so fresh compared to the person that opened 20 years ago, <laughs> what practical advice and steps can you give somebody that is on that borderline of do I trade in my soul to keep working here or 
is this the day I say it's all about me? Um, my biggest piece of advice would be to have a very firm plan in place before you start talking about it to people and before you um, make any financial decisions. Uh, you know, I I had told my boss back, I don't know, I think in September that I was going to be leaving by the end of November to open this truck, and I didn't actually pick the truck up until the middle of January. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, thankfully, he was really relaxed about it and worked with me. Um, but not everybody's necessarily. No, there's some of them. Way. You say I'm gonna leave by November, and they say no, you're gonna leave by the next uh, ten minutes. Yep, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you just kind of have to gauge the people around you and and be cautious. But also, um, I would recommend in anything business related, even though people want to do you favors, to work with reputable people. Um, I've had a lot of people or or what appear to be easy fixes. Uh, come at me and because I don't know any better it sounds like a good idea and then um, like it was my own fault because it was my idea but um, when I first opened I had uh, I had a friend paint a sign for me and then I put it in a giant picture frame magneted to the side of my truck in my thought process that would be cheaper than paying to have something made professionally yeah it ended up costing me about $200 between the frames and the magnet and the artwork <clears throat> and uh it ended up flying off the side of my truck going down the Palo Alto oh, no. Highway. So thankfully I was able to save the art, but I just stopped by Sign King yesterday and to have vinyl of the same thing put on the side of my truck was half the price of what I paid for that little makeshift nonsense. So like don't don't be afraid to talk to the professionals because really you're probably going to end up with a better product and a better price. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I know Especially adventures I've been on, like your friends get just as excited and they want to help you. And it's always hard to tell a friend, no, like I know this is like your passion, what you do, but I, I'm, I'm going to use XYZ. And what do you say to the naysayers? I mean, I'm sure you run into it, especially when you were first talking about it. Oh, you won't make it. You're just wasting your money. I've talked to a few food truck owners, and a lot of them say the same thing as boat owners. The, the best and the saddest day of your life is when you uh, buy your food truck and then when you sell it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so what do you say for the naysayers and the people that are dealing with the naysayers? I would say, honestly, like just stick to your plan and, and know your plan well enough to be confident in it. If you do your research and you have... I have really gone through the steps of planning out a business, you're going to know what you're doing and, and the chances of your success. You should still take other people's opinions into account to some extent, but I don't think you should let them de derail you. I mean, my immediate family hasn't been the most supportive of this whole endeavor. Like, My siblings sometimes are like, oh, wow, you're actually doing well? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> um, and I think, like, they just like to give me a hard time. But, uh, <laughs> but like, not everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad for you. You're doing amazing. Like, that's just not everyone has that personality. Yeah. So just take it for what it is. Know that you're, you know when you're successful because you're the one that sets the bar for yourself. You're not, I mean, I'm not going to be selling $20,000 in my first month and, and nobody's going to. And if you are, you're probably going to be a giant mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh, podcasting's a lot of the same way. 
Like, you go on, you can get down the rabbit hole on Facebook. I have 50,000 downloads every time I release an episode. I got 52. <laughs> like, hi. <laughs> but for me, my success is knowing that people are listening and businesses are connecting. So I, I totally relate to that of measuring your own success. Not You're, you're not Gordon Ramsay. You're not going to have a Michelin star two weeks after you open. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Just taking baby steps. And I, I've honestly like been very intentional about starting small. I don't seek out the super populated events because I'm one person and I can only do so much in one day. I would rather stick with a small group and build up little by little and do a good job at it than take on a lot and want to be like, you know, so popular and and start giving people crap. Like quality over quantity. Exactly. Yes. We we hear it all day in the kitchen. <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's hard it's easier said than done when you got an event with ten thousand people and you're like just seeing those dollar signs. <laughs> oh absolutely. I would love to be, you know, raking in the dough, but do I have the capability right now to put out the product to support that dough? <laughs> no. <laughs> so where, we, we've talked a lot about your food truck, but we haven't really talked about where people can find you um, or your truck. <laughs> so I have a few different regular spots that I hit up. Um, I park at Perfect Start on the Parks Highway two days a week. And um, I park at Matanuska Brewing every Thursday through Sunday. Um, they have a fairly new tap room in downtown Palmer. Um, it's a really nice little cozy spot. Um, and then um, the food truck group and I are putting together an event also um, that's kind of encouraging people to visit all the different food trucks. And um, so there'll be a little guide for that released here pretty pretty shortly. Um, we want to get it started on June 16th. So. And for all of our listeners, if you click up on the logo and bring up our show notes, we will keep that updated as that list becomes available uh, the 49th meal is very happy to help support this cause to sh- highlight all of our guests. And if you are out on a food truck adventure, please be sure to support and comment on all of the trucks. Yes, definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> we love hearing that you guys are happy with, with what you get from us and like seeing all the love posts. That's like my favorite part of the day going through all of that, even if it's not about my truck, because it's just like, it's so cool seeing my friends do well, too. So let, let me ask about that. So I know I, I'm going to use, and I'm sorry, I'm going to use the foul language, people. Yelp. Everybody in the service industry hates it. We're all going to kick the inventor of Yelp in the nuts when we get to hell eventually. <laughs> How, Even if it's not directly with your food truck, what advice do you have for people that get the Karen Level 200 <laughs> On Yelp. <laughs> uh, uh, she, she laughs because I don't even have to say more. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. I do. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it's it's like a secret entertainment for me to go read bad reviews about restaurants that I no longer work at. But um, <laughs> Like, <laughs> what a sucker. No, um, <laughs> um, honestly, I haven't had to deal with any um, personal negative reviews so it's kind of hard for me but keep it that way people do not try to be the superhero and be the first person <laughs> i'll go leave myself a bad review just to get out of the way <laughs> but it, it seems like because i've known a lot of chefs especially as they're first starting out they can have 200 positive reviews they get that first 
bad Yelp, and it's it's eventual. I mean, it's not a matter of if, it's when. Yeah. And it just, like, I, I've seen it literally just deflate their sales overnight. And, and it's just, it's sad to see, to see that. All right, welcome back to the 49th Meal. Again, that is our sponsor, Desert Wind Outfitters. If you are in need of any firearms or firearm service, please go ahead and visit DesertWindOutfitters.com. Well, we are back, and we are talking about the food truck safaris. So, visiting the safari, the safari, what's kind of the goal overall, besides just kind of a little bit of exposure for the food trucks and the um, people that live here? So, basically, it's just to give people something fun to do and, and make people a little bit more aware of the industry. Um, and then we're also doing a, a prize pool so people can win win stuff. Um, and I think it's nice that it's not, like, a huge crowd of people. So, if you have concerns about... Um, germs and such you know it's not like 50 trucks all in the same spot with a thousand people all around there it's as you want to work on it throughout the summer you just have something okay so it's not like a one-day event it's going to be a full yeah it's going to go summer all through the summer and then um, we're still kind of working on the details of the wrap-up but we're hoping to have uh have like a bigger event with all of the trucks at the end of summer um to just kind of wrap everything up and and distribute the prizes at that point that sounds really awesome. I've seen seen a few things like that down in the lower 48s of some of the bigger cities, but to, to give it our touch here in Alaska, I think that's really awesome. And all of our listeners of the 49th, if you follow us on Facebook or you follow Emerald on her Facebook or the group, we will keep everyone updated on those locations and places, even on our Facebook page. That's I, I get it. I'm a fat boy. I love some food. <laughs> so anytime there's anything with food, I'm more than happy to help. What is your social media plugs? Let's make sure everybody knows where to find you on social media. So um, my social media handle is Omnivore Wasilla for um, Instagram and Facebook. And then the group is Matsu Food Truck Finder. Um, for vendors, we also have uh, Matsu... Um, food truck and mobile vendor collective which is sort of like a like a planning group so that everything's not out in the public eye while we're working through it together um and then um and then the food truck safari doesn't have any real um separate page but it's consistently talked about within the food truck finder group okay and uh, one thing i always love to do is ask my guests where do you see your business going in the next I won't even say five years, but the world we're living in right now. Where, where do you see things going in the next two to three years? Um, so my ultimate goal is to have uh, multiple trucks so that I can be consistently in Wasilla, consistently in Palmer, and maybe even Anchorage if I get to that point. Um, and then maybe have, uh, have my own indoor um, commercial kitchen just to make prepping a little bit more easy and efficient. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd like to have that done within the next three years, but until I kind of see how the first year goes, I'm not totally sure what to plan for growth-wise. Um, but I really just just want to keep connecting with my target market and um, getting the food that people need to the people who want to eat it. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And if you have uh, any last information you want to let us our guests know about any of the events, I mean, it sounds like you're pretty crazy. 
busy doing the safari, the food truck group, and starting your own food truck. So just any last thing you want to let our listeners know about? Um, really, just, just take the time to get out of the house. You know, I know we've all been cooped up for a couple months now, and everybody's sick of it. But there's stuff to do where you don't have to be around crowds. You don't have to be in the grocery store. Come see some different faces and not worry about the germs. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 